I want to say uh, good morning because uh, I am here in front of you as a replacement for Bob. I'll never replace him, but he is uh, the, really the, the man that gives me uh, inspiration and lots of, lots of adventure. I think I shared that with the women's group. Adventure is his middle name, and if it weren't for him, I probably wouldn't have done anything but be uh, a scientist on a boat and you know, spend all my time digging up little worms out of the ocean. That was kind of one of my life goals. But he intercepted me, and so did Jesus, so I don't have a boring life. I have an adventurous, exciting life that I'm very thankful for. He's in um, Texas, in Livingston, Texas, this morning, and so he agreed to send me a text, and he was praying for, for me and for you, and he is uh, ministering at our church plant with the Gellers, in Livingston this morning. So I get to speak to you quickly on the subject of Thanksgiving because um, it isn't a generational message, but it is a generational message. It isn't in my notes to talk about generations, but um, it is a generational concept. There's no uh, nobody here that has raised kids that hasn't taught them one of the first things is say thank you. And we're working with that on our grandkids. I was going to have them come up and, you know, just say thank you, but they they didn't want to come up. I am so thankful, though, for my kids, my awesome kids, my grandkids, my nine and number 10 and 11 coming. And and I am so thankful for my son-in-laws. Just, you know, that alone is like an amazing gift from God that they are all loving Jesus and doing um, what they're supposed to do is take good care of my daughter. So that is awesome. <laughs> they, they are awesome. God is good to us. And, you know, in every season that we face, I'm just going to give a few points, um, we should find ourselves thankful. I, I had this picture that I wanted to, a little story I wanted to start with, though. And it was um, probably 10 years ago now. My dad, maybe, maybe longer than that, my dad owned a Jeep Grand Cherokee. And, you know, we having gone through the, the school of um, scarcity and the school of uh, many children take much food and all those different stages in life that you go through, you know. And my dad owned this Jeep Grand Cherokee, and I was very envious of it. And I would come down to L.A. and look at it, and he's, what, he's a car, you know, polished wax. And I'm like, I want that car. Oh, if I could only have a Jeep Grand Cherokee, I would be so thankful. I have a thing about Jeeps. Anyway, I drive a Prius, so don't, you know, don't judge me. But I, I mean, really, I went from the Jeep to the, to the Prius. But oh, that's a different story. I, I wanted to say, though, my dad ended up gifting me that Jeep. And I was in love with it. I was so in love with it. And it was white, which is a good color for L.A. Not so good here when you drive through mud. But it was like the car of my dreams. Until after... Um, owning it just a few weeks, I realized that a V8 takes a far much more gas than a Toyota Prius, a like gas station every three days. And other things I started noticing over time, like every time it rained, I got it in the summer, great, great idea, but the first heavy rains of the fall, I noticed that, and in LA, you know, it doesn't rain so much, it had a little drip, and then the drip turned into a mega drip, and 
I'd turn a corner to, and the water would collect in the seal around the windshield and puddle up into like probably about, you know, a quart of water. And I would turn and it would shower. So literally I started driving around with like um, a plastic trash bag. I keep it right in the front seat because I knew if it was a rainy day, I'd have to wear that. So when I turned a corner, I wouldn't get my work clothes soaked. But I put up with that and I wasn't too, it was a little irritating. And, you know, the fact that I was gassing it. And then I, I realized that um, it was probably, you know, just a great gift, but it was probably time to sell it. And I was just kind of checking out. Oh, and, and another thing about it was that it had this awesome big trunk space that I'd never had, which was like a hatchback. You know, the Jeeps have this big area. You could actually put a bunch of your grandkids back in there if it was legal. But... That, that space back there was so big, and I was getting animals, and, you know, I had the sheep and the chickens. You could actually put a couple sheep back in there, I found out. Thank you, Lynn. She remembers that day. But back in the back of that, um, I, I, I realized that they're supposed to have these hydraulic things that go up, shh, and then they stay. This one was broken, so on some days when you'd lift it, not every time, but just on, you know, just the perfect moment, you'd put your head in and it would just fall right down on your head and crash. And I had a few bruises, but then I learned that you just carry a stick and a trash bag and you're good. You're all good. You got that Jeep going and you're, but you're starting to get, I started to get a little bit less and less thankful. And I, I thought I should just check it out and see how much I can get for it. And I, I took it into the dealership and and they go, oh, unfortunately, you know, they look up the event. This has got a salvage title. And I go, what? A salvage title? Meaning that it had been in some terrible accident, and they fixed it all up and put it back together, hence why they could never fix the windshield to stop leaking. I checked that out. And they said, it's really hard to sell these because it's a salvage car. It's like got, it's got who knows what's wrong with the chassis underneath. You, you won't even ever know, you know. It, it could be cracked in 100 places. I'm like, but it drives well, you know? And the thing of it was my thankfulness started going down, down, down. And what turned out to be, oh, my envy was like, if I just had that kind of car. Have you ever been in that place where if you just had the thing that you dreamed of, that thing, that person, I mean, I could, I could put this into different categories, but really I wanted to keep it, you know, with the, with the physical object. If you just had that thing, you would be thankful. Have you ever felt like that? Now, I realized that it, it, after that little episode, I kept the car for about four years and, you know, lots of bruises and lots of soaking wet. But I really did um, realize that the thankfulness of, that was in the beginning I could have kept going with that, but because of all the little things about it, it was starting to bug me. And in choosing to be thankful, sometimes we have to look beyond what the little bugging, irritable things are and see what the intrinsic gift. The car was a great gift. It was free. I didn't have to pay for it. I mean, it was a gift, and it, was, it got me through, and it saved us some money. It saved us money, except for the gas issue, but it did save us money. And so it was a gift, and it was meant from my dad's heart to bless me because I'd always told him I love that car. And so it was a gift. And sometimes we get kind of confused. I want to go over a few points in, the, um, in some notes, of, you know, just that God put on my heart about thankfulness. It's a big subject. And, you know, I was looking up all the scripture verses, and Paul, 
Uh, the Apostle Paul was a super thankful guy. I mean, he thanked every church he went to, even the ones he was going to go in and, you know, correct and chew out. He still thanked them for being such great churches. And I always think, I got to remember that. Paul thanked every church. In his letters, he was always saying, I'm, I thank God. The more you will attract things, the more, you, the more thankful you are, the more you will attract things and people to be thankful for. And I, I learned this from a, uh, from a pastor couple in Goldendale, Washington, and they were telling us about their small church. And so many times we said, oh, we'll come visit you, and then we just never did. And I said, I want to go see what, you know, we expected this small, because they kept saying, we have a small church in a small town. Well, when I got there, they have a, a very big, thriving church in a very small town, but God added to them because of their heart of thankfulness. And one of the things, and I can't get into all of it, but one of the things he added to them that was amazing was a food bank. And all the community came out and gave to the food bank or received from the food bank. And they had so many services. They host all these different programs in their building because they have thankful hearts. So, you know, you, you can always be thankful in the little bit. You can. Number two, um, being happy does it, does, will not make you thankful, but being thankful will make you happier. It will. It'll make you if, you, can, if you can shift your thinking, if you can... Now, a part of that, if you can see what God has given you, it'll help you feel better. Now, a part of that is being patient. And I, I love, you know, I love letting patience do its perfect work and may not, really. But um, I want to say that I, I just want to shout out to one of my awesome son-in-laws because I, I so appreciate all of them. But just, just one, Neil is going through um, working full-time, being an awesome dad, Neil Southwood, and and um, he is also going to college. And one of the things about college at night is that you have to really set aside a lot of time and discipline yourself. And he is super into that. And I am so thankful that he's patiently waiting. He's patiently applying himself till he gets his degree finished. And I think most anybody that's going to college is putting the, the, you know, the sweat and the tears into it because they, they know that at the end they're going to have something. And he's super thankful about the stage of life he's in. He's not grumbling about it, and I appreciate that. I, I, I can think of lots of examples, but I want to mention that Matthew 6.25 says that don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow is going to worry about itself. Being patient, being grateful right now. Don't worry. Worry is kind of the opposite of thankfulness, yeah? Don't be ungrateful about tomorrow because it will come and then you'll find out what it'll be what you'll need to do you know I'm grateful for like I said so many things one thing that um, it does for me a thankfulness is it, it it's a reminder of forgiveness now not those two words don't always go together like we had our great message at the women's uh, day Thursday about how um, Wisdom goes with the fear of the Lord. I think thankfulness a lot of times goes with releasing things. And one of those things is forgiveness. When you can sincerely say thank you for the experience that you're going through and don't regret, don't condemn, and don't hold back forgiveness from people, you can make sense of yesterday's situations. 
you can bring peace into the present situation, and you can create a positive vision for tomorrow's situation, what's coming. When you activate forgiveness, when you give forgiveness, when you release, it's an active word, when you release forgiveness to the Lord or to the people around you that the Lord's put in your life, you release the power of transformation in you to be more thankful. A forgiving person is more thankful. I believe that. Um, Philippians 4, 4, 7 says, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, we got things to give to God as requests, but do it, it says, the Bible says, with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, see, the peace of God comes with that, which transcends all your understanding, and then your heart is guarded. Guarded from what? Guarded from wrong thoughts, thoughts of bitterness, thoughts of unforgiveness. All these things kind of work together as we, with thanksgiving, make requests. Now, I have things that I want from God. You have things you're asking for God, from God for things. But do it with thanksgiving. I think that's the message we're getting right out of here from Philippians. Do it with a mindfulness of what God is going to do for you, but also releasing the people, forgiving the people that are around you for things that you may be holding back. I, um, I have a difficult, you know, I, I don't know if it, probably none of you have difficult people in your life, but I've got one or one or two difficult people in my life, and the power of forgiveness over them is not just for them. It probably isn't even that they would ever know that I'm forgiving them, but it frees me up. It's the power to free up my heart. Forgiveness frees up what you're walking in, and it lightens your burden and lightens your load. And taking bitterness and unforgiveness out of you, it just it just changes the way you look at life. It, it can be so transformative and so healing. And so, uh, you know, I, I, don't, um, I, I don't hold people in bondage. I, 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 don't, I don't accuse them and give a, a laundry list of what they should have done to me or what they shouldn't have done to me. I try to forgive and release. And I'm still doing that, by the way. I haven't finished that process. I'm still in that process. Number four, um, Jesus never forgives you, never forgive, never gives you, sorry. Jesus never gives you, he never gives you more than you can handle at any time in your life, at any certain moment. And instead of praying for more stuff or more things, just try praying thanksgiving. Try, try to get that list of your, your things you want on your Christmas list, you know, like little kids do. My grandkids like Here's the catalog. We hide the, you know, the Toys R Us catalog because it creates, uh, you know, a bit of a, a desire for things that you can't fulfill for them, right? So instead, teaching Thanksgiving to the to the kids, but teach teach ourselves practice Thanksgiving. And in the situation that we're in, the moment we're in, I do one thing: is try to think of the good thing, maybe one good thing. And we're going to get a little practice in that after this service. But practice, maybe during the communion today, practice thinking about 
the one good thing. Now, realistically, I know a lot of stories here. Some of you are fighting the fight of faith. You're fighting and contending for people. You're fighting for good health. You're fighting and contending for financial freedom or blessing in time of scarcity. You might be fighting for just an understanding that God loves you. You are, you are searching for the things that God has for you. But let me tell you, let's, before we make all of our requests, let's practice what the Bible says comes first, is thank him for what already is in your life. Step one, be thankful for where you are right at this moment. I love Philippians 4, 12, 13. I have learned the secret of being content. Okay, that wasn't me. That's not me. That was the writer of Philippians. But I've learned the secret of contentment, content in every, any and every situation. Even the bad days, you know what, can teach you something. And I'm working on that. I'm learning that process. I'm in that process right along with you, which is an interesting thing that everything can, really, God, Everything can teach me something. Every Even a bad day, I can learn from something. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I came home the other day, and I, everything's been exciting, going good, you know. But I came home with a list. I, spouses, you never do this, you know, to your, to your husband or wife. Like, uh, I got to tell you this, and this is broken, and this needs fixing. And guess what? You know, this is leaking and something this. So the list, which is in my book, communication, right? That's a good thing in marriage. Bob says, so what you're telling me is everything's falling apart and nothing good happened today? I'm like, oh, no, no, great things happened today. Great things. I'm just telling you the list. And he goes, you know, I could just see what I had just done. I just walked in the door after work and I'd created a scenario of neg negative report, really, is what I did. And I had to kind of dial it back and go, okay, I need to commute day after we've both been where some time. But when I first see him after a work day, after we've both been away from each other, I need to come up with something positive because that communicates that I'm in this moment sharing with you, which I only get, you know, maybe we only have a couple hours that, you know, before the evening. We got a few hours and I want to fill it with the things that God, the good things that God has done or the one thing, if it's only one thing that I'm thankful for. And, you know, just like I'm thankful, honey, for you. And I am. I am. But no, but know that sometimes we get stuck in the loop of need. I'll, I got to go quick because I got a few more. But gratitude is an awesome attitude. It's, it's all inclusive. Every experience, as I said, contributes to your growth, especially in relationships. And I want to get to the story of the 10 lepers. And uh, you guys probably know that. But in Luke 17, there were 10 uh, people that had leprosy, this terrible disease that we have cure for today. But they came to, they came and they were received a healing. But what's interesting is how many of you know the story? How many out of the 10 said thank you? Hold up the fingers if you know. Oh, good. A lot of people know the story. One out of 10. And that one that came back that said they were thankful for being healed after they all got healed of this terrible, horrible disease, the one, and it mentions this in the story, was a Samaritan, an outsider, a different person. Now, sometimes that outsider has a better, maybe, perspective. Maybe the outsider has a different 
appreciation because why did I get healed? I didn't deserve it. Jesus, I'm a Samaritan. I'm a, you could just name it. I'm a person with no means, no background, no heritage. I'm a sinner, a rank sinner. Why heal me? Or you can just put anything in that blank. Why did one come back? And Jesus mentioned, mentions to him, about him in the story saying, guess what? Guess what? Your faith made you well. Now, I don't know if Jesus was doing an add-on healing, that there was a well, another healing just happened. I kind of looked at that story and thought, I need a Bible scholar, and he's in Texas right now, so I'm just going to kind of go with this. But I think that what happened was there was even more healing emotionally that happened to that outsider. I think he no longer felt, and I think he rushed in for thankfulness because he no longer felt like he was the odd man out. He no longer felt like he was the different one. And I feel it's done because you need to be thankful for what God has done because of your differences, because you are, maybe you feel, you assess yourself as different. But God says, no, I don't like respect. I don't, have a, I don't have a differentiation. I'm no respecter of persons. In fact, you all, every one of us, have equal access, equal access to the good things that God wants to do. I'll just say one thing, too, about being present. I often forget to be present in the mo moment because I'm always thinking of the 10 more things I get to do tomorrow, and I'm, like, making the checklist, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Do, do any other women think like that? Like, you're always, like, one step ahead because otherwise you'll forget. Oh, nobody raised their hand. One person. Well, I was at this party, my daughter's par birthday party for my grandson, and I am so in the moment going, I need these gifts to get organized because the birthday party had a lot of presents and then there was a bike that needed to get put together at least the pieces needed to get saved so I marched into my son-in-law I said Chad I need to tell you something about this bicycle issue right now and he goes he's talking to this guy and he's laughing if you got to know Chad he's He's the eternal optimist, smiling, party. I'm like, Chad, Chad, I got to tell you, this, this, this bicycle is really worrying me. It's not like the parts, the box. The, the. And he goes, Sue, I want to introduce you to Tim. Hi, Tim. Nice to meet you. Chad, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you right now. And I walk out the room, and he kind of like just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to it. And I'm like, no, right now. Take care of me right now. And I go in the other room, and Natalie was there, and she goes, Mom, do you know who that was? That was Tim Tebow. And I'm like, Tim who? Tim who? And it, she goes, the Tim Tebow. And I said, what? Did I even look at his face? Nah. Did I even, when I said nice to meet you, did I even take a double take? No. Because first of all, I wouldn't know what Tim Tebow looks like because I don't watch football. But I got corrected, and in the moment, I ran back and said, I just really am not in the present moment very well. <laughs> being thankful is being what's in, noticing what's in front of you. I got to wrap because I'm really out of time and we want to do a lot more um, time for you to share this morning. I'll just finish with um, how, many, um, how many of us um, realize that thankfulness is, is giving back. Don't forget, it's not 
just what you say. It's not thank you, thank you. It's how you live. And part of living, thankfully, is giving back. And we get chances to do that here in the church on Tuesday night. But it's giving. It's being present in the moment and giving back to the people around you. The highest tribute we pay to people um, that we have lost and people that we want to be thankful about. Like maybe you've lost someone, you're in grief. And the holidays for many people are a hard time. But the way we, we are thankful in those losses, maybe it's the loss of your home or loss of, a, of, of your health. The way we're thankful in this moment is not like saying, well, thank God for, you know, sickness. No. But we are thankful for what we're learning right now in the situation, what God is doing. Going back to that one thing, what can we ask you, God, to teach us in this moment? What can we do with what we're in? As we just, as I just close, I just want to give you just a quick little assignment that I think works for me. Because sometimes I wake up and I think negative thoughts. I know maybe none of you do that, but um, practice writing down something you're thankful for. Maybe you journal. Write something thank you're thankful for at night. And then keep it and reread it in the morning on a little note card or in your journal. Reread what you said the night before that you were thankful for. And I just spilled my water. Okay, closing. Take action in thankfulness. Take action and have a heart of gratefulness. Thank you. You need a towel. <laughs>